0: And this is kind of what I'm preaching about today. God God sees the big picture. And and my personal call tends to be to speak about the big picture, meaning what God is doing in our time all over the world and where we're headed. Where is the pulse of where we are right now? So when God sent us to Nepal in 2008, it was a strategic time in that nation. He sent other missionaries too. But I can literally tell you that the part that we played there with our Bible school was critical to where the church is right now. And you guys are a part of that because we came from this church, not only myself, but Seth and Shelley in Croatia. And now with Brad and us working in Peru, literally the the voice of this church is going out. The prayers of this church is going out. The supply of the spirit from this church is going out. But as you are here to be equipped, like I think it was Pastor Jonathan that just said that, the church is the equipping place. The church is the training place. And so that's what we're here for today, to receive, but also to receive so that we can give. Every one of you are critically called, appointed, anointed for this time, and I mean you, even if you're not even a believer yet. God has his eyes on you, and you're not here by accident. So the Bible schools have expanded. Actually, our finances are better stewarded, not spending travel money, but still having a greater effect. So God knows what he's doing, and we will be going to other places and starting other Bible schools, and I share a little bit about that, I hope, here in my message. So God's working, but you guys are a part of it. This is the base of operations. And so it's important what we do at this time. We are, we are in a time of shaking. You know, I was in the in Nepal in 2015 when we had the earthquake. And I noticed how that time how many songs were being written about shaking. And at that time I was like, stop singing that. <laughs> So we were having tremors all the time, like, stop saying about, you know, the, the earth's going to shake. I don't want to hear that right now. But literally, Hebrews says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but we are standing on a rock that is unshakable, okay? And we have been called together for this time, and yet, with all the darkness and the, the, the not just COVID political things, um, just everything that's happening around the world today we sometimes have uh, get disheartened or have feel like when are we going to see what we've been praying for we we god is preparing us for what he's prepared for us when is that going to happen and so my message today is about holding to the will of god and the things that god showed me about this i think will really bless you and encourage you so today we're going to talk about one holding on to God's purpose for you and your family, but two, us together holding to God's purpose for the church. For this church and the part this church plays in his worldwide church in this last days when things are getting dark, but the glory of the Lord is rising upon us. Amen? And so we've got to have hope to hold on to the things we see, the things God is showing us and the things that God is speaking. Amen. So, Hebrews 11:3, I'm going to start here. And I I love this scripture. Well, Hebrews 11:1 1 is one of my favorite scriptures in the in the and I I didn't give this to Cheryl in the Jordan translation. Um, now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities, okay? So with that in mind, on verse 3, we read, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible but invisible. And so that that scripture literally means not the world, not the shape of the earth. We know that God spoke the earth into consideration, existence, <laughs> but it's talking about by faith, the ages of time. If you look the word up in the Greek are framed or or prepared or brought into alignment by the word of God so that what we see doesn't come from these eyes, but the eyes of our spirit. So what that means to me is that God has dreams for you. God has plans for you. And when you, by faith, take a hold of the plan of God, and by obedience walk out the plan of God, you are literally shaping or framing history. (laughs) We are history makers, and people who have obeyed God through the centuries by their life of obedience and their, their life of faith have literally brought God's will into their time, In fact, we wouldn't be here today as a church had not people before us taken a hold of the will of God, believed what God said enough to turn those dreams into actual deeds, thereby shaping their generation, okay? And so that's where I'm coming from today is that we are here to shape the future. God has given us power to do that. So what is God's dream for you? I can't really tell you that, but I can tell you today that God has a plan to bring that dream to pass, but it's not just God. You have a role to play. And so um, I have this other word in here, but I'm not going to read it right now. Well, I will. We had a, a lady minister here for the Women's Conference, I guess it was a couple years ago. Jen Tringale, and I was reminding myself, listen, if you want to hold on to the will of God and the word of God, you can do that by holding on to prophetic words that God has given you or given to the church. We write those things down so that we can read them and remind ourselves what the will of God is so we can hold on to it. And she said, and this is for you guys who are here today, God is going to grab you up and connect you to a place called New Creation Church where you can learn how to become everything I put you on earth to be. This is where you're going to learn how to walk in love when people are ugly to you so you don't lose your influence. This is where I'm going to teach you and grow you and put you in a family and put you in the body of Christ, my ecclesia, so that you can learn how to function and grow and walk in the character of Jesus and go out, and in those moments, you not lose your influence, but release your influence, okay? So that that is why God brought you here. If you're a first-timer here or new here, God's brought you here to grow and be prepared so that you can be an influencer. Now, one thing that I want to, to lay here just as a foundation, in Matthew 24, that whole chapter, Jesus' disciples were asking him, how do we know when the end is here? And Jesus gives many signs, but one thing he says is, um, nobody knows the day or hour, but that day will be like the day of Noah. And so when you think about the day of Noah, what do you think about? We think about the ark, we think about the flood, we think about the rain. But one thing you may not know is that in Genesis 7 and verse 11 It says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were open. So if you're like me, you knew about the rain for 40 days, but did you ever know that it said the fountains of the deep also broke up and water was coming out of the earth? So there were two sources of of water which represents the spirit and the presence of God, there was God's outpouring, but there was also a release from the earth of that living water. And and that has to do with you and I and what we do in this time. So it's not just God who we are praying, God, we need you to move. Yes, we pray that, but God also needs for you to do some things. And so I want to take you next to... Romans 10, 17, and you're probably familiar with this verse. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. And I'm in the New King James. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So I was studying this once, and I referenced where the Scripture came from, which was Psalm 19. And in Psalm 19, in verse 4, well, it says, well, let me read verse 2. Day unto day, well, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard, Verse 4, their line has gone out throughout the earth and their words to the end of the world. So being the the Bible teacher that I am, I always notice stuff like that. The, The New Testament says their sound has gone out, but when it's quoting the Old Testament in Psalm 19, it says their line has gone out. So that gives me the question mark, what? Is it a sound or is it a line? And so I look up the word in the Hebrew and the word in the Hebrew is the word kav, and this is the definition from your concordance. A chord as connecting, especially for measuring, a rule, a rim, a musical string, or a chord, a line. And so the Hebrew language is so rich and, and so artistic. The word does mean a line, but it also means a sound. So it makes me think of a guitar string or or Judy's violin string. (laughs) It's a line, but when it vibrates, it puts forth a sound. And so that's what that word means. When it says their sound or their line has gone out, it's actually like a musical term and it has to do with our voice. Okay, and so our voice, what has God spoken to you? What has God told you to do? I hope that, that each one of you has at some point heard the voice of God in your heart. I believe that even if you don't know Jesus today, right now, you have heard the voice of God in your heart because you, you came here or you tuned in to, to watch church today. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit drawing you, calling you. But when we have a word from God, what do we do with that word from God? Of course, we we write it down sometimes, we speak it, we pray it, Um, but sometimes it seems like nothing's happening, and we were in our Bible school in the Philippines many years ago, and we were praying, and I had this kind of, I guess, kind of prophetic word from God in my heart, Um, and God said, I need your agreement. When I speak something to you, he said, I need your agreement because there are situations, there are people that have to be brought into line. In other words, when God gives you a word, it's God's will, but it's not always going to happen like a magic genie. There's a lot of things that God has to orchestrate together to bring that will to pass. And so what he was showing me in that day is I need you to hold that word with me. And by holding it, he means also speak it, believe it, say it. And so the scripture in Psalms 27, 14, and this is just one of many where we read the word wait. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say wait on the Lord. And so, if you think about waiting, you might think about as a husband waiting for your wife to get ready to leave or waiting for your kids to get ready to go to school. And waiting is like waiting, waiting, I'm waiting. That's not what this word means. This word comes from that word, well, actually, I think that word kav comes from this word. This word is kava in the Hebrew. And when I look this word up, and it, remember, it's translated wait. Mr. Jerry, can you bring me my prop? But it actually meant this, to bind together, perhaps by twisting, to collect, to expect, to look for, thank you, to patiently tarry or wait upon. So, again, Bible teacher that I am, to bind together by twisting. What does that have to do with waiting? That doesn't make sense to me. But as I studied the word kav, which is the line or the sound, and the word kava, which means to expect or to wait, I thought about this rope. And we see how this rope is twisted together, different parts. And, And it reminded me of what God told me that day in prayer is, I need you to twist yourself together, wait, expect what I've said to happen, hold on to what I've told you. Because like he told me in that word in my heart, I'm working on it, but don't let go of it because I need your help. I need you to speak it. Remember, their line has gone out. I need you to declare it. I need you to stand on it. I need you to believe me. Because remember, it's not just heaven's power. It's the power within us that is working together. And so this same, from this same word, kava which means to wait expectantly, not boring, but holding on with expectation, binding yourself together with what God said, twisting yourself into what God's purpose is, okay? From that same word comes the word that Rahab, you know, when she put the rope, how many know the story of Rahab? And, and she was believing in the God of Israel, and she wanted her whole family to be saved. And, and I want to bring this in here. Remember, it wasn't just Rahab. She brought all, the, the, Joshua said, bring all your family, all your possessions into the house, and you'll be safe. And this kind of reminds me of Noah's ark as well. <laughs> and listen, I, what I want to say to you is this is not just for you. This is for your family. Your family and your children and your children's children. It's an it's our inheritance. So if you have people in your family that are not in alignment right now, this is your word. Don't let go of what God has shown you. Okay. So this word um, Joshua two twenty one, Rahab bound the scarlet cord in the window. I love that because not only is it a cord, but it's scarlet, and that represents the blood of Jesus, the covenant that we have with him by his blood. But the word for the the cord is tikvah, which comes from kava, and it says a cord as an attachment, expectancy, expectation, or hope for the thing that I long for. So when Rahab put that cord out the window, the literal Hebrew word is tikvah, which means expectation or hope. Amen? And so we're talking about holding to the will of God. What has God spoken to you? What, what, when you don't see what you're expecting, you don't say like, oh, God. You know, well, hey, listen, this is the day of miracles. I have a number of people I'm standing right now and holding in faith for, for healing. This is the day when Jesus is walking about the earth in his church. That's us. And it doesn't mean in here in this building. It means we are out there. And if we never lay hands on anybody, we're never going to see anybody healed. (laughs) But if we will believe God, listen, we aren't the healer. He's the healer. But we are the vessel. We are the one who has to believe. And even if they don't believe. I prayed for someone the other day. They're like, I don't have faith. I said, well, I do. (laughs) So, you know, take hold of what God has spoken. Amen? He needs our agreement. He needs our sound. It's not just thinking. He needs a voice. Now, another scripture to go along with this, Zechariah 4.6, and you probably have heard this, not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit. Amen? And so later on in that chapter in verse 10, it says, who has despised the day of small beginnings? These seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. So in studying that, you guys, if you've ever put up wallpaper or you're a carpenter and you've built something, I haven't built anything, but I did put up wallpaper once years ago, and you, you put this um, line... You hang a, a, str- a string from the ceiling with a weight on it, and you put this blue chalk on it, and then that gives you your straight line, and then you you snap it to the wall, and it shows you where it's straight, okay? So that's what this is talking about. Who has despised the day of small things, beginnings? These seven rejoice. If you look up in your Bible, it's going to say that is the seven, the eyes, the sevenfold Holy Spirit who's looking out over all the earth and... That's another thing you can open up and study, but that's what it's talking about. The Holy Spirit rejoices to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel, who's a man, <laughs> a man with a plan, a man with a dream, a man with a call, or I should say a person. And, you know, the plumb line, the Holy Spirit rejoices to see you the plumb line in your hand. Again, You're making a straight place. This is the will of God. This is what God says. This is the standard of God. And and he's saying, when we hold to that plumb line, when we, we are bringing things into alignment, we are in the process of calling things that are not as though they are. And it's important to the will of God for your life. Amen? You know what? There's evil in the world. There's pressure in the world. There's bad things going on. There, and especially the devil, I think it's Daniel that says, no, it's Revelation where it says that the devil comes down having great wrath because he knows his time is short. Okay, so don't expect that we're going to just scan through life right now, uh, riding the wind and have no battles. But guys, you are here for such a time as this. You have what it takes. And if you don't even know the Word of God or you don't even know Jesus as your Savior, He's calling you (laughs) because you've got a part to play. Amen? So that's agreeing with God, holding to the will of God for you. What I want to carry over into the next thing is the plan of God for us. Listen, I've been in this church for over 30 years. I've been in this church when we were in the small storefront and we were praying for this building and for you I've been in the church when I had a heart for the nations and a lot and a prayer for the nations but I hadn't walked out to the nations I hadn't reached out and done anything listen God has been working God time is a dimension God sees the end from the beginning <laughs> God is looking at generations before us and the generations of the future. And God is calling us in our time to take a hold of the plan of God together in one accord and bring it here. And we have a responsibility to do this. One accord, we read about it in Acts 2.1. They were all in the upper room with one accord. We read about it in Acts 4.24 when Peter was in prison they raised their voice in one accord. There's over 12. Well, let me read this definition of the word. The word is homothumadon in the Greek. It means with one mind, one passion. The, the concordance I had says a unique Greek word used in, 12 of its, in 10 of its 12 New Testament occurrences in the book of Acts helps us understand the uniqueness of the Christian community. Homothumidon is a compound of two words, meaning to rush along in unison. The image is almost musical. A number of notes are sounded, which, while different, harmonize in pitch and tone. Oh, I love that. See, it. In other words, we've all got different calls, we've all got different personalities, we've all got different graces, but the, the, the unity, the one accord means we all play our own sound, but we're playing it in agreement. Matthew chapter, um, twenty, where is that, T- 18, 19, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth, Concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, I am in the midst of them. Well, we have probably heard that scripture before, but this word in the Greek, I hope you don't mind all my definitions. That, that's my grace. That's like how I work. I like, I like to understand things. And this word is symphonio in the Greek, which, of course, you may recognize as symphony. In our Bible school, I usually play a, a video, here's a conductor, tap, 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 you know how it sounds in the orchestra before the conductor taps, everybody's warming up, it's like, all kinds of sounds, drums, and it's it's cacophony, it's discord, it's like everybody playing their own thing. And then, tap, 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 holds up the hands, everybody's watching, and he begins to direct, and everybody plays their part, and it's no longer discord, but it's, it's a song. And it's a song that's so much richer and greater than any one instrument could play. It's all the parts playing together. And so um, Psalm 133 says how good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that runs down Aaron's beard, and the oil represents the Holy Spirit. It says there, there will the Lord will command the blessing. And so what I want to share in this last part is the importance not only of you holding God's rope for what he's spoken to you, but us holding together in one accord to the purpose and the calling of this church, which you may or may not know, you may know part but for those of us who have been here a long time, we, we know where we're headed. And we, we believe, if you take the pulse of how, it, how the presence of God is in here, like in our worship today, there's something happening. There's something moving. My, my son Pat, and daughter-in-law, Tracy and Jason, pastor the church in Craig. Just This is the fourth week of my daughter and my son-in-law uh, who have taken the pastor to the church in Steamboat, which we are affiliated with. So we're seeing movement. And you have a part. Listen, we're nobody special. My family, I lost my husband some 30, almost 30 years ago to a heart attack. Our life was devastated. <laughs> my kids that are now p- pastoring churches were Teenagers or in college at that time, God is a redeemer. Listen, he can take what the enemy means for harm and turn it around. And what he's done for me, he'll do for you. He is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith, people who will stand and believe. And so it's important that we believe together in one accord. Again, if I have my cord, and this time, yeah, let's not make a rope, Let's make an electric cord, an instrument cord, or a plug. If I plug me into heaven, I can be one light. And if this room was pitch black, dark, and Pastor Sean plugged in her light, there'd be a light right there, this little light of mine. But if Jerry plugged in his light together with her, there'd be more light. And if Bucky plugged in his and Pastor uh, John and, and Jonathan plugged in their lights Now we're starting to see way to the corners of the room. Well, can you imagine if we all take our lives and our faith and we plug in together? Well, now you've taken all these cords and you've wrapped them together like this, only it's a big, huge power cable. Boom. You know, light comes. And guys, the church is like a portal. A church is a place of opening A church is a place where God's will is coming from heaven to earth. But it's each one of our cords and our positions and our graces. And so we cannot afford to have discord. I was here in prayer a couple of weeks ago. I try to get down and pray as much as I can in the prayer times. But we were praying about unity and um, people issues Where there's people, there's going to be issues. And I texted Pastor Mark the next day, and I said it reminded me of when, before I went on the mission field, when I used to do music in the church, this church, and and my part was doing, like, these programs, like special event things, Christmas, Easter. And we would be working with a lot of different people from kids to adults. We'd have drama. Ruth helped us so much in that time. And, you know, it was fun. We all, we were all working together, but there was also great opportunity for discord. <laughs> and especially when you're choosing people for certain parts, and people get offended. And I remember Pastor Mark training me at that time, and he says, Tony, you got to keep strife out of this. If there's any strife involved in this program, we're canceling it. And I'd be like, what? You can't cancel it. We've been working for five weeks. But he said, Tony, if there's strife, it's going to quench the anointing. And if there's no anointing, we're just doing a music program. We're not here to do a music program. And I said, okay, I get it. <laughs> and so I was very persistent after that to get people to sign commitments and to agree together that if they did have a problem, they would be open about it. They would come. We would talk about it. And that, is, that culture is carried into our entire ministry We don't tolerate strife because we know that it kills the presence of God. It quenches it. And look that up for yourself, Uh, Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Don't give place to the devil. It will quench the anointing. It will grieve the Holy Spirit, okay? So when we gather together, each of us agreeing with God and holding to his will for our life, and then we're all plugged in together to what God has for this church There are so many things. Listen, there are different churches with different calls, all part of the big plan. But I'm here to tell you that this church has a call to do more than we can do in these four, or how many walls these are, in this building. We are called to go beyond. We are called to reach Craig, to reach Steamboat, to reach other cities. We are called to reach the nations. And we are doing that to a degree, but not to the degree we're going to do it. And you are a part. Amen? So it's important. It's critical that we listen and that we remove every obstacle. Listen, that one scripture says, remove the obstacles, prepare the way of the Lord. Well, the obstacles are your offense against this person or that. Let it go for the greater purpose. Amen? So I told you I would share uh, one more thing about the ministry here. So you can pray, and so it illustrates what I'm saying. Uh, We got the opportunity to connect with some pastors in Africa. So to to make the long story short, I have seven or eight pastors in seven different nations in Africa waiting for us to get the Bible school in a um, hybrid model of online and in person so that we can take the training there. That's just one small example (laughs) of the things that God has planned. There's going to be teams going here and there, churches rising up, and and you're a part of it. So I pray that today you'll be inspired not to let go of what God has told you because you're here for such a time as this. So, Father, I thank you for each one here, and I call out the callings in them in Jesus' name. I know that we are called together for such a time as this, so I ask you, Lord, to open up heaven over this place and reveal to us our particular grace. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and spiritual wisdom and understanding and let your grace be poured out on this house. Let your plans come to pass for this church. We speak it, we agree with it, and we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. And one more thing, if, if you don't know the Lord, he's brought you here for this time. And so... Um, do we have people up here in the front? If you feel in your heart that God is touching you now and, and he, he wants to meet with you, come up to the front and we'll have prayer people up here who can lead you into the next step. Amen? And I also want to tell you that we, I have some cards like this out in the lobby that gives a, a scan thing if you want to partner with our ministry and tells you more about it. And so, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Hold on to the will of God. Together we're going to see his glory. Amen?